Rescue the Fosters is about changing the foster system. We want to ensure every child has a safe environment to grow and become healthy, successful adults. Additionally, when I was in the foster care system, I had to defend for myself. Rescue the Foster is here to empower the youth aging out of the system and offer resources to ensure they are not dependent on the government. What we observed was that children become institutionalized and end up in prison and providing the government with more funds. Rescue the Foster will provide coaching, resume writing, interview skills, professional attire for interviews, budgeting, applying for college, and obtaining housing. We want these youth to live the most freeing, successful life possible. It is their right and our responsibility to ensure that our future kids and grandchildren can live happy lives. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans that prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Good evening and welcome to a special edition, Tuesday edition of Rescue the Fosters. I am Gino, your host, and right next to me, as always, the co-founder of Rescue the Fosters, Miss Sylvia Beachy. Sylvia, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Gina? I'm doing very well, thank you for asking. It's beautiful up here in the north. It's 70 degrees today. The sun was shining. It was awesome. Perfect fall weather. Also nice. joining us tonight, special co-host, Miss Danielle Holm, who we've interviewed several times and is a good friend of ours and is now on the board of directors of Rescue the Fosters. How are you, Danielle? I'm great, guys. I'm happy to be here. You look vibrant with the with the background, <laughs> yes. the white shirt. Yeah, it's just yes. killer. Killing it. <laughs> so another great show. We say this every week, but they're all great shows because these are great Americans that are just trying to do the everyday nine to five, make a living, raise their kids right. In a, in a country that we all love, um, even though it's kind of on the downward spiral right now, we're gonna turn this thing around. But uh, Chris Stevens is joining us. Chris is a small business owner. He is living in New Hampshire right now. He is here to tell his story, another story of the evil empire that is known as CPS, stealing children under the guise of protecting children. So uh, Chris Stevens, welcome to Rescue the Fosters. How are you, sir? Oh, pretty good. How are you guys doing tonight? Very good. good. Thanks. Oh. Well, Chris, um, we don't. I don't know much about your story. I read, you know, your the bio you had sent via email. Um, I know Sylvia and Danielle know a bit more than I do, but I'm very interested in hearing the similarities that we see over and over again on this show every week. And um, I, I have a feeling, a sneaky suspicion, that it's the same formula. Um, it doesn't matter what state it is, folks. It's the same evil. Uh, that's prevalent all through the United States right now. So, Chris, let's start at the very beginning. Um, go ahead, introduce yourself, what you do, and uh, your children. If it is, if you don't want to use your children's names, that's okay. It's up to you. Oh, no, I'll definitely use my children's okay. name. So, I'm Chris Stevens. I live in New Hampshire. Um, I work for W.P. Davis Excavation. Shout out to W.P. Davis, everybody that's out there watching. Um, we also have our own business. Uh, we have a pool water delivery business that we run. Um, I, I haven't been here in New Hampshire for very long. I've, I've been here since the pandemic started because uh, I was living in Massachusetts and everybody knows about Massachusetts. It is a, uh, it's a rough place to live. Um, so 
what happened was back in back in 2017, um, I I ran into an old friend um, that I that I had known for years, um, and she had had gotten into a really sticky situation. Um, I was actually friends with her and her boyfriend, um, like really good friends. We hung out a lot. Um, and when I ran into her, she tells me that she's in a homeless shelter. And, uh, I'm like, what's like her mother had just died and, and left her a, a three story, three apartment, uh, building. And I'm like, why are you in a homeless shelter? Like what's going on? So she tells me that, you know, the, my friend had beat her up and then she had gotten with another man and he beat her up and he had destroyed the house. Um, like, like brought it to, 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 um, what do they call that condemned status? So she had, she had to be actually taken out of the house and hidden from him. So me being who I am, you know, um, I, I was actually there the day her mother died and her, her mother made me promise that I would, that I would help, you know, help them get by, you know, and, and I, I was going to fulfill my promise. So I, I was in a sticky situation with the girl that I was with. So uh, I decided that I was going to move into her, her building and, you know, help her get it all, all situated. So we did that. Um, it lasted, I think it was about eight months that I was living there. I was working every day as a carpenter, um, then coming home and fixing the house. Well, she got pregnant eventually as, you know, things happen, you know, when you're living together. Um, so we, 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 we stayed together for, you know, a few months after the pregnancy. Um, and then things completely turned. It was like, it was like night and day once she got pregnant. Um, she ended up, um, breaking her phone one day. And so I took it back to the store and I, I flipped through it as I was going to the store and realized that she was still talking to the guy that had beat her up. So I went home, I confronted her about it. Um, she was sitting in the driver's seat of the car, car that I bought her. So I reached in, I grabbed the keys. Um, I pulled them out. She grabbed the keys from me, tried to grab them back. And, you know, I just ripped my thing, my hands away and, and I left. Um, I made a couple trips, packed, packed a few things in my stuff. And, you know, cause I, I don't do the cheating. I I've already been through that route. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. But, um, next thing you know, I come back to, to get my last round of stuff and I get arrested. <laughs> um, apparently she, the, somebody called the police and said that, I did something to her. Um, so that like, solid, like, uh, solidified what, the, the breakup. Uh, um, so they were saying you were abusive, something abusive? Well, they, they said they, and it was really weird because the police report actually didn't say anything. Like all it said was that she had a red finger. He went to the hospital, refused um, medical attention and then left. Hmm. So um, down the road, she has the baby. Um, I have no contact with her. Um, apparently she got back with the guy that was beating her up before me. Um, and then one day about it, it, the baby was born on uh, August 26th of 2018. Um, about a month later after that, it was, it was uh, right at the beginning of October of 2018. Um, I got a call from a mutual friend. She said the baby was born. And that DCF had come in that there was a big situation between Allison and Danny and um, 
they they got into a big domestic disturbance and DCF came in and took the two kids. So I went right to the DCF office. It was on a Friday that she called me. Monday morning, I called out of work. I went straight to the office, nine o'clock in the morning. I was there knocking on the door, ready to go um, to let them know, you know, I was I was Addie's father and that I wanted to take custody of her. Um, I met with with one of the supervisors. Um, she told me that, you know, I'd 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 be able to to start having visits with her, um, but I'd have to give them a uh, a DNA test. So I'm like, you know, okay, that's fair. You know, I, I, I should probably have a DNA test anyway, you know, situation concerning, you know. So um, I start having my visits with her. I, I, I went on with the, I, I pretty much knew she was my baby anyway. Because um, when, when she got pregnant, things were, were actually really good. Um, so I start having visits. Um, you know, we go, we go through, it took them four months to get the DNA results back. Um, during that time, I had a visit with her every single week. It was going great. You know, I'd just go in. I, you know, she's just an infant. She, she was 30 days old when they took her. So, you know, she was a month and a half at the time. Um, so I'd go in and I'd hold her and kiss her and love her and hug her and, you know, just do my little dad thing that I could do for an hour. Um, that went on for, I guess, I guess we'll just skip through that. That went all, that went on just like that, you know, a visit every single week, all the way until the pandemic happened um then they they cut off visits they cut off everything um the the first time that i had a meeting with with the dcf workers um it was a social worker danielle grew um you know they they told me that i would have to have an, an apartment obviously to have a, to have the baby to be able to take her um i was living with my buddy at the time because you know i i had just left her so i just rented a room for my buddy so i had to go find an apartment I had to furnish it. I had to put a crib, you know, clothes, everything. Within two weeks after the first time I saw her, I had a full apartment set up, ready to go. Crib, clothes, everything she would need. The uh, Danielle Grew comes there for the first time to, to look at the apartment. And she immediately tells me that she knows me. She knows all about me being a drug dealer and that she knows that I broke Allison's arm. And I'm like, hold on a second here. Broke her arm? What are you talking about? Like, she's like, no, you broke her arm. I'm like, well, the, the police report doesn't say that. The police report says I she had a red finger. And and you know, from right there, I could just tell, oh, here we go. It's it's narrative time. Um, she actually went in, she wrote her, she this was the first report that they wrote about me. She said that I cornered her in the apartment and that she had to flee for her safety. Like, so okay, type. So she's making these false allegations against you, all right. and there's but there's no investigation by the police to substantiate no. everything. She, all these claims she's making against you. Nope, nothing. This is the social worker making these claims, right? Yep, yep. yep. It was the original okay. social worker. Um, you know, and it's and it's like, okay, why would I corner her? Like, I had nothing to do with this. Like, I just want my baby. Like, I'm just showing you my apartment, showing you the fact that I have a crib. I have everything. Everything's ready to go. So, Chris, I'm going to say one more thing just to be clear. So why what was the original um, claim that was made by CPS or DCF to take it was the domestic, baby? domestic violence. Domestic violence. OK, yep. so it was it was actually they were claiming that both of you were at fault. That's why they're removing the child, not just one or the other. No, 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 because it, 
It was domestic assault between them. Oh, assault. I'm sorry. So, okay, I got you. Between yeah. them, though, Gino, yep. not, it yep. had nothing to do with him. I got you. Yeah, I wasn't even in. The, you weren't I even involved. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Just wanted so, to be clear on that. Thanks. You know, I'm just, I'm just the dad on the side trying to come and get custody of my kid. Um, so we go, we go, we go to what is it? It was over a year that that we were visiting. Um, you know, the whole the whole year of 2019. And then into 2020 until March 16th, I think was the day that they shut us down, if I remember correctly. Um, sounds familiar. Yep, yep. The the pandemic started. Um, then they they shut down everything. Well, the trial hadn't even started, so like everything was still up in the air. They were literally like, um, after the first social worker, um, it went for a time that there wasn't even a social worker. There there was just the supervisor and just me coming and having my visits. That was it. They weren't. They weren't saying anything. They weren't. They weren't doing anything. Just you have your visit every week, and that's it. Um. So then, pandemic happens. I move back to New Hampshire. Um, I'm 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 getting sick of these people. I you know because I I just keep telling them I'm like you know like this is my baby. Like you guys like by law you have to give me my child. You know I I did my research and they used. Massachusetts General Law uh, 119 Section 1 to take the child, but yet the 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 statute says that in at first they must take all avenues to 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 keep the child with biological family. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there going, you know, these are your rules. These are, and they just they just literally just looked at me with blank stares. Huh? Huh? You know, like, oh, oh, well, well, we'll figure it out in court. We'll figure. No, I'm I'm not going to court. Like, there's there's no reason for this. Who who so, was looking at you with the blank stares? The case the, case workers. The, the case worker. Mm -hmm. Well, it was the supervisor mostly because okay. for for a long time there wasn't even there wasn't even a social worker. Like they they'd keep switching them in and out, but they'd never talk to me. They'd never do anything. Literally, all I would do is just come in on Thursdays, have my visit, and then go about my go about my life. Um, then finally they had, uh, they, they, they introduced this social worker, Michelle Emery. Um, this lady is, is where they started their, their, their real tear into me. Um, you know, they, they, she started, she started claiming that, uh, that I was going to burn down the courthouse and that I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And I was threatening them with guns and this and that. And it, it was just, it was just, they're, they're just feeding the narrative the whole time. Um, so when, when court finally started, um, it was like late, like late, late in, in 21, uh, we started a trial, uh, with judge Judith Phillips. So we went to the first hearing and I had a, a court appointed lawyer who I, the whole time I'm sitting there you know, tell her like, why are they doing this to me? Why are they not giving my child? You know, she wouldn't even say anything. She was just like, oh yeah, well, we'll go to court. We'll get it figured out, you know, this and that. So they're, they're just, they're just dragging me along. You know, they're, they're just trying to can down the road. Uh, I, I think what they're really doing is they're trying to get that separation time. Um, well, that, let me uh, ask you what, how old was your child when the trial started? Um, she was over a year. Okay, so did they give you fifteen months to complete a case plan? Um, yeah. Well, there was there was case plans the whole time, but like, I didn't. It, I wasn't a part of any of it. Like, I did. 
I didn't have like I was I had nothing to do with it. Like they they were yeah. literally all I did with them was I went in every single week and had my visit. That was mm-hmm. it. Did you ever sign anything for them? Nope. Nope. I would not sign anything. They tried to get me to sign things. They tried to they were trying to bring me into uh well the the only thing that they made me do was they made me give up um because I had the um because I had the 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 trial with Allison for the domestic that they put on me. Um, they were like, oh, well, we got to get this cleared up first. Well, before the trial even started, I was found innocent at trial. Wait, so, so they were trying, but isn't that a criminal? If you have domestic violence, isn't that a criminal charge? Yes, yes. No, I, I had a criminal so, charge. So were you in criminal court? Yep. Yep. And I took it to trial and, and I won at trial. Okay. Um, it, it, it was a literally a joke of a trial. There was absolutely no evidence against me. Um, the whole trial lasted, I think two hours before the, the jury complete, they, uh, they unanimously found me innocent and cleared okay. me of everything. So you were, you were acquitted of all the allegations and charges. Um, yep. I just want to, for the audience sake, I just, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of new people that are watching that don't understand what's going on here. If you have, if you're new to rescue the fosters, uh, we cover weekly this exact story that Chris is laying out before you. Someone accused of a crime, trumped up charges, and sometimes it goes to court, sometimes it doesn't, but it's always false allegations. There's No one ever has a... Rarely does anybody even have a misdemeanor, let alone a felony. And yet they're holding his child captive. He's the biological father, proven by the DNA, correct, Chris? that you said yep. took four months to get the DNA has the DNA and they're holding his child hostage. Why in the world would you not give a child to its biological father when he has no criminal records? They were just trumped up allegations. He's been proven in court. He was acquitted by a jury of his peers. And yet his child is still in DCF custody. Like that makes no sense. And if you're new to this, you're thinking, well, well, there must be something. I'm sure he's on drugs or he's a, or he's, you know, he's a drunk or something like that. No, no folks, this happens every day in America. And it's all about billions of dollars. That's what it boils down to. All right, Chris, I just wanted to lay that out for the audience just in case yep. they're new and they don't understand. Yeah, I, th- I think Massachusetts is $70,000 per year per child is, is what they collect. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's defrauding the, the Massachusetts taxpayers when, when, when they have a family. Because not only did, did I want my child, but my mother stepped up, my sister stepped up, everybody was ready to take that child home. And they literally ignored our family. Um, like, like I was saying that, you, you know, I would go in and just doing my visits weekly. And they literally just wouldn't tell me anything. They did the same thing to my family. You know, they, they wouldn't let her, they wouldn't, wouldn't put her with, with the grandparent, wouldn't put her with her aunt, wouldn't, like, they, they're literally just trying to separate the family so that they can build that, you know, that case. Oh, well, she's been with the foster parents for so long that, that that's her home now, <laughs> which is just disgusting. Like, the, the lady that they had her with was probably 65, maybe 70 years old. It's... It, it, it's just insane. Chris, but, do you, do you, Chris can, you t- can you touch on real quick how they had already given you a background check previously to <laughs> take in children? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was going to tie that in into the, um, to okay. the 
experience of the second false report that they wrote on me. Um, so right before it, it was in 21, they, I guess they have a foster care review, review board. Um, they have to have it every six months. Well, for the first year and a half, I never even heard about that. I was, I was never invited to the, to the meetings. Um, and once I was finally invited to a meeting that was, I think it was right in the beginning of 21, um, there was a, the foster care associate. Um, her name was Gadant something. Um, she had written a report that I have been convicted for drug dealing, that I have been uh, convicted for um, multiple domestic assaults from 12, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. She said that I, that I had domestic assaults in all of those years. Well, that is 100% false. Um, I've never, ever had a drug dealing charge in my life. Um, the only time that I was ever charged with a domestic assault, I won at trial. Um, so, so literally there, they just, she, she wrote a complete slander, false case against me. Um, so I wrote a, I wrote up immediately wrote a letter to the board asking for, you know, me to be able to present my case to them that, that all these accusations were completely false. And the girlfriend that I was with in from 2012 to 2017, um, before she was with me, she actually lost her children. Um, and then in 2013, I spent a year with the same DCF office. I worked with a with a with a um with a caseworker named Ray Alks. And they placed those two children in my home. So I passed the DCF Corey check in 2014. But they would just, they, they would not even recognize it. They just tried to pretend like it didn't happen. They were like, oh, well, they weren't in your care. Like, they're in my house. If you got to place children in someone's house, you do a court and check on it. Yeah, you know you what's funny? I love how they play both sides. They just said, oh, they weren't under your care. But yet, if it was your own children, and we've seen this multiple times, under your I... care, they'll say, oh, they were under your care because they're in your house. So they, yeah. they get to move the goalposts continually. That's what, that's, this is the thing that drives me absolutely nuts. And I know it drives the ladies nuts too. Mm -hmm. We've seen this playbook over and over again. It's this is nothing new. They keep doing the same things and somehow in some way they get away with it. And that's what this show is about. No oversight. Yeah, this there's no oversight. There's nobody looking over their shoulder. There's no court watchers. There's no jury of your peers in family court, most family courts. Um, it's it's this like Sylvia had brought up before, it's a 15-month plan that they're trying to just run the clock out on. Yep. Um, if it does go to court, the, the lawyers are all in on it. The bar is in on it. Every it's, it's this, this system is so corrupt. I don't know how you fix it. And we've talked about this before. I mean, I think the whole thing needs to be taken down. Abolish. And start over. Yeah. Abolish 100% abolish. All right. So where were we at? Um, they the were foster. The, the, foster, the foster. Yeah. Okay. So we're at the foster care review board. Oh yeah. So I write a beautiful letter to them um, explaining all of that and letting them know that they are in violation of my rights um, and 
uh, I said, what, what was it? I, I, I named conspiracy to violate my rights and I put them all on notice for violating my rights. So when, when you go to these boards, you actually have to send your, um, your information in, um, you have to send it in 72 hours before the meeting. Well, guess what happened to that meeting? They canceled it. Um, and then I was never invited back to another, to another review board. Um, so then we go down now, we go, we go a little farther where, where they start, they actually start our trial. So I go in and I go and I, I actually serve, um, I, I tell the judge about everything, how they're, how they're violating my rights, how they're breaking the law. Um, she just completely ignores it. This is Judge Judith Phillips out of uh, the Franklin County Court. Um, she, she basically just ignored it. Um, and so, and this is, this is where something gets really crazy. Like, so I, I had gone on, on, you know, to, to like advocates and trying to figure out how to do this. I was trying to figure out how to learn the law. Um, I come across a lady named Francesca and she hooks me up with a guy named David Jose, who is this affidavit, he's this affidavit constitutionalist guru who has this affidavit plan for me. So I get, I get this affidavit um, template and I changed the whole thing around to, you know, add me into it. I, I used all of the, um, what is it? The, uh, oh, what do you call that? The, uh, the precedents that were, that were in it, you know, as mine. And I, I wrote out the whole thing, you know, saying how they're violating my rights, what they're doing. And I served them in the courtroom on the first day of the trial. Judge Judy, uh, Judge Judith has to recuse herself because I, I essentially uh, accused her of crimes. Now, now what's now the now the crazy part about that was Dan Danielle, where where did that affidavit come from? You're, I think you're muted. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I had written one in 2016 for my situation and they got their hands on it and they've been dishing it out. So it, it was actually Danielle's affidavit. Okay, okay. I time time, time, out. <laughs> time out for the audience sake. Okay, now if you haven't if you don't know Danielle's story, we've done an interview with her. You can go back and watch that a few what about a month or month and a half ago, I think. Um Danielle's story is very important to this whole cabal thing going on, as well as Megan Walsh's story, Mark and Terry's story. There's lots of great stories that need to be told and have been told and need to be rectified still. But this this is interesting because here we go. Your two worlds collide because somebody gives you an the same affidavit and it's basically just like a generic thing that you just kind of fill in with somebody else's name. Is that how it works? Well, it it was all filled out to one of their people. It was already filled out. But I, okay. I just I just used the template and I and I just uh, yep. basically just made yep. it my own, okay. and then I served I served the court. So they had to stop the trial. They had to get a whole new judge. They had to you know so so that kicked the can probably six months down the road even farther. But I got a judge kicked off the bench. Hmm. That 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 That's felt awesome. that felt really good. Throwing, throwing a criminal off the bench Absolutely. in her own courtroom. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Oh, it felt good. That's what so, we need to do. What's that? 
That's what we need to do. I mean, they shouldn't be up there. The judge in my case said that the Constitution doesn't apply in his courtroom, so he shouldn't be there. Oh, we're 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 gonna get we're gonna get to that in a in another minute. Um, so so we go another six months or so. They bring in another judge, Judge Dishonorable Charles Belsky, and and I call him dishonorable because. The first day that he came on, I served him with a full letter, a full notice of everything that had happened, and he decided to ignore it too. So we we start going through the trial, um, and 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 if if you've ever seen the biggest like mockery of a courtroom, like I don't even know what what we were doing. They were literally just going in there. They had people I had never even seen before. They were specialists um, coming in here and telling about how what what I've done and this and that when when I've never even met these people. They they were literally just taking what the what the social workers were were feeding them, and 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 just running with it, I guess. Um, so. We keep going along, uh, you know, I'm sending messages to the, to, to the, at this point, I'm, you know, I'm livid. Um, so I'm, I'm always sending Michelle messages, you know, hello, trafficker, how you doing today? Um, you know, how many lives are you going to ruin today? Um, sending her articles of the constitution, um, sending her the U.S. codes that they're violating, um, and, and all this and that. So in, in 21, they uh, they finally started up uh, visits visitations again. Um, they they were doing the um, the Zoom visits, but they were gonna finally allow me to come down. Well, I go down there and and I had this this really just just a cringe feeling that something was gonna happen. So so I videotaped the whole thing. So we go in and it was me, my daughter, my older daughter Genesis, and um, we go in and we sit down. And Michelle, the first thing she does is she starts getting on her computer. Oh, well, we got to get a specialist in here. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, we haven't had a visit for over a year. I was like, you know, we're, just let us have our visit. Oh, no, it's court ordered. I'm like, I go, no, it's not. You're, you're lying. It, you did not. The, my lawyer did not say anything about this. The court didn't say anything about this. And mind you, all this is on video. Well. She gets up, takes takes Addie, the my my baby, and walks out of and starts to walk out of the room. And she says, Oh, well, well, if you're gonna go crazy and, and you're gonna act like this, then um then the visit's over. And I'm like, Michelle, I'm like, for one, I'm not going crazy. For two, you're lying. And for three, I'm I'm recording you right now. Like, I can't, I can't trust you. I, I, I like, what are you doing? And uh, she walks off. Now, when you go back and I watch the video, uh, they always had me there when a police officer was there. We were, be I was being very quiet. Um, but in the back of the video, you see him already coming up and sneaking up to the door and like sitting there, you know, like leaning in, trying to listen. So... I, 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 start, I start explaining the situation to him because he comes in. He actually acted really nice. You know, he's like, dude, he's like, just, he's like, don't worry about it. He's like, just let her go back there and then she'll come back out. So she comes back out. We have our visit and then we leave. 
everything's fine. Next thing you know, I'm getting a call from my lawyer saying that they are filing to terminate my visitations. Um, so we go in for a hearing. Um, she writes up a whole affidavit against me. Now, this, I, I should actually grab it. Um, I gotta, I, it, it, this is, this affidavit is so crazy. She literally says that I have new uh, child endangerment charges in New Hampshire. She says that I've been sending her volumes of threatening text messages. And uh, this is this is all in an affidavit to, to get my, my, my visitations terminated. Um, she have... goes on the stand and testifies to all this under oath, saying that has, I have new charge. Has, has, anybody, has anybody subpoenaed her text messages or her phone calls? Um, no, but I have every single one of them, and I actually produced, and I that was part of, see th this filing here? This is <laughs> this is what I served them with when I went in when I went in for the termination of uh, of parental rights. It's a it's a seventy seven page uh, filing that has everything. It has all of their uh, their their false reports. It has every single um, text message that I ever sent Michelle. It has everything. It has just... their their false report, um, and then it, it's summarized and everything. Um, so, so getting back to it. Michelle gets up on the stand, says that I went crazy, that I disturbed the, that I that I went wild in the in the in the visit, that uh, that they had to that they had to do they had to like separate me, and I disturbed all the other visits. And the police officer comes on, and he testifies to the same. And I'm sitting there going, guys, you you know I recorded it, right? Like, are you kidding me? Um, so long story short, they're, they're perjuring themselves over and over and over again. Um, they get a cop to go in there, perjure himself. And, and I have the whole thing on video that, that says completely opposite. So we, we go, we go a little farther down because, because this trial, they would literally do like two hour segments of a trial or two or three hours. And then they would call it. And then a month later, there would be another one and then they would they would talk and and do whatever they were doing um finally it was april of of uh 22 we were scheduled to go in on a monday um so like i like i always do i i sent a couple songs to her in the email um i actually i actually sent her high res and jimmy levy uh the 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 welcome to the revolution I love, um, I love that one. Yeah, I actually how'd saw that, your picture. How'd that go over? Uh, <laughs> so I sent that, and um, and I sent. Um, do you guys remember the video of Josh Hawley was questioning Contagi Jackson Brown about the uh the pedophilia charges? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I sent that. Uh, well, cause cause she gave a a a a a man that raped an eight year old child a 30 uh, or what was it a three month sentence yeah yeah three months he was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so i sent her that video and i said we're all coming for you i said none of you guys are safe you know like we are coming for you and i left it at that well next thing you know i get arrested in new hampshire
they they charged me criminally with criminal harassment, stalking, illegal wiretapping. Wow. Okay, so Chris, just to rewind a little bit here, you said we're coming after you. Now, what did you mean by we're coming after you? Violence? Oh, or were you talking about politically? This gets even better. Because mm -hmm. I actually sent her uh, a, a, a reply email right afterwards that said, and by saying we are coming after you means that just like in this video with Josh Hawley questioning Tagey yeah. Brown for her questionable behavior, you will be questioned for your questionable behavior. Yeah, and see, that's Legally. important. Yes, and that's yep. important that the audience understands that and knows that. I don't want any misconceptions about you being a violent person or whatever. I mean, we, well, we, I, everybody does this. We we all talk in these, you know, in hyperbole. Like, I'm, I'm going to fight this until the end. We don't mean we're going to go fist, fist to cuffs with somebody. We mean we're going to fight it in court. We're going to fight it politically. Whatever we got to, you know, protest. Whatever it means is necessary, but not violent. And that's what they're trying to pin on us. Anybody that's patriotic and loves this country and loves their family, they're going to come after you and say that you're, a, you know, a J6er. You know, you were, well, you're one of them crazies, those, those QAnon <laughs> shaman people, right? You know, all this nonsense that. <laughs> oh, oh, you're going to love the next part. Um, well, so, so what I did, um, I actually did that on purpose. Um, I was baiting her. I, um, so I, I've literally followed, you know, Trump and, and I followed everything that's going on. And I realized that the family court is not a court of law. It's, uh -huh. it's an illegal court. It's not a court of record. And the only way that I'm going to be able to get these people on record is if I get into a criminal situation. Yep. And, and my plan literally worked perfectly. I baited her in. Yeah, I, I went fishing and I caught me a big one. So I have to go, I go, I go spend, I go spend 30 days in jail. Now, now mind you, they, they hold me on dangerousness. Now, now looking at, at a situation for, for you to be hold, held on dangerousness, you, you kind of have to be a dangerous person, right? I, mm -hmm. I've never had, I, I've, I got charged one time in my life with, a, with an assault and battery. I was 16 years old. We, I, me and me and a couple buddies, we put a kid in a trash can and we rolled him down a hill. <laughs> we were kids who hasn't know? done that <laughs> yeah yeah you know? but um so so i have i have no violent history i have i've never been charged with assault other than that like there there there's no basis um you know but with with them i i kept seeing you know i kept seeing a reoccurring theme that they were that they were saying that there was volumes of threatening text messages so i'm like so all the whole time i'm sitting there telling them i'm like and this is not threatening. Like, you know, I, the, like I would, I would emphasize the fact that, that this is not what I'm doing, that I'm coming after you. And I mean, if, when you go through my text, there, it literally, I threaten them with the law probably 20, 30 times. And I literally state all the statutes that they are breaking over and over and over. I'm repeating, calling you a criminal, calling you a trafficker. You are a child trafficker. You are keeping my child away from me and you are collecting money. That is the definition of child trafficking. So I, uh, we, um, 
I just want to I want to point something out real quick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, you had said that they had come at you with or trying to come at you with new, new charges for child endangerment. Now, just to clarify, that's while your daughter is in their care, correct? Um, no, this is this is when I'm in New Hampshire. They said that I got new charges in New Hampshire on some okay. some, some fictitious freaking kid that that oh. I that I abused. It was literally a made up like I um I've never had any charges in New Hampshire. I've lived right. half my life in New Hampshire, half my life in Massachusetts. I've got okay. probably a hundred arraignments in Massachusetts, and I've got nothing in New Hampshire. See what what Massachusetts does is they see a man that that doesn't bow down to the police, that doesn't you know respect all their just con uh, basically communist ways. And and when they see a man that that is actually a man, they try to they try to throw anything that they can at them to break them down. So literally for my entire life, I have just been beating charges, beating charges. Like I said, I've I've been to I've been to trial three times in Massachusetts and I won every single time with a unanimous uh, innocent. They 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 charge you, but they have no evidence. It's it's crazy. It's it's. It's mind-boggling what what the Massachusetts court gets away with. Um, so so uh, I go to jail. I I miss I miss the uh, I miss the, the the hearing the the next trial date. So they they go and they they postpone it or whatever they do. Um, when when finally when I get extradited from New Hampshire down to Greenfield, um, they bring me on into the courtroom with uh with a Zoom meeting from the jail. And, and I literally told the judge straight out, I was like, I am not going to your trial anymore. I was like, this is ridiculous. You guys have now charged me for criminal harassment when, so, 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 so talking to the social worker is criminal harassment. Isn't that her job? Like, isn't that what she's paid to do is talk to me? I, I, I'm, I, I mean, I, I might, I might be wrong, no, but I mean, I, I mean, the definition of social, I mean, <laughs> it kind of implies <laughs> yeah. that there has to be some communication. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then, call, and call then, me crazy. And then stalking. I, I, I never even entered Massachusetts. And in, in, it was the only time I ever went to Massachusetts was for that one visit. So how, how am I stalking you? <laughs> like, it, it's, it's outlandish. So, so I, went on, I went in front of Judge Belsky and I had already served him with notice. The, of of crimes against me and he didn't want he didn't want to listen to it so i said you know what i'm done with your trial i said we're we're in a criminal court now so we'll figure it out here so i i get a lawyer and i and mind you this this whole packet of 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 information that i have all my evidence um this is all their you know this is all their stuff you know this is their reports their everything our text messages you know it's all stuff that they have um, so it's, it's not like I'm coming up with any, anything crazy or anything. Um, so day one, um, my girlfriend goes and finds me a lawyer. Um, the day that she brought the retainer to him, she brought every single bit of this information, exonerating evidence, right? Mm -hmm. This is, this is, um, April 1st of 22. That was 18 months ago, right? Mm -hmm. 18 months. I, I, I still don't even have a date 
I don't even have a date. Um, I, I've, I've been going back and forth with, with the lawyer that I paid $7,000 to represent me for, uh, to represent me. And he literally had no, like, like he, he had nothing for me. I'm like, dude, you're, you're literally sitting on exonerating evidence for 18 months. And by the way, I asked him for a speedy trial, which he refused. Um, so is he a private now, attorney or is he a court appointed? No, I, I paid him $7,000. Okay. Um, it's how old is your daughter now? She is now five years old. Wow. Chris, this attorney, was he, a, was he like experienced in family court or was he? Uh, just... I don't know. He was, he okay. was the only one that would take my, that would take my case. Wait, um, so you're in criminal court though, right? You're yeah. not yes. in family. Mm -hmm. I'm now, I'm now in criminal so court. Criminal. So it would be, is he a criminal lawyer? Yep. He's a criminal defense okay, so attorney. Okay. His name's Okay. Colin. That's actually good. That's a, yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. You're outside. So, so now right. day one, day one. That, that, that my girlfriend goes and meets him. She gives him my whole packet of evidence. So from day one, he has exonerating evidence to get me off. So we go, we go, we go into court to, um, to my, uh, to my release, to my release hearing. This is, this is where it gets good. We go in there. My, my buddy Keisha is, is with, is with me. My mom is there. Um, and I think they were the only two people in the courtroom. Um, they bring me in. <laughs> this this district attorney, he starts going off on a tirade saying that I am going to kill Michelle, that that they have evidence of me threatening to actually kill her. Um, I am a white supremacist. I am a Trump supporting QAnon terrorist. Oh, now, yeah, now, now, mind you, Keisha. One of my best friends is sitting right behind me. Guess what color Keisha is? <laughs> Can you even guess what, what what color Keisha is? Not white. Hey, he he's he's dark. <laughs> he, but it, it's 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 just narrative. And this is criminal court. This isn't even family court. So I would actually wonder: Did this judge come from family court? Because in Megan Walsh's case, the judge was promoted from family court to criminal court well you know they're they're all in cahoots together um oh, you know well. you, you gotta remember i served uh judith uh judith brown or well judith phillips got her kicked off of, i kicked i i literally kicked her off of her own bench i got to even say it she's like do you want me to recuse myself i was like yes i want you gone right now and she's like okay i recuse myself <laughs> so and, 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 you know, I have not backed down. I have not been nice. Um, you know, for the first, for the first year and a half, I played nice with them. I went to, I went to parent meetings. I went to this, uh, the nurturing fathers program. I went to freaking therapy. I went and talked to some an idiot at a freaking therapy office that, that just sit there and stared at me like, well, 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 um, what's the problem? The problem is they stole my kid. That's it. <laughs> you know, I bust my ass at work. Like I'd go in there covered in freaking in tree sap because I was doing tree work at the time. So I'd literally leave work, go there, 
Like, like, like I'm a, I'm a good dude. Like I work hard. I take care of my child and oh, oh, and mind you, my, my older child who Genesis, who is 16 at the time, we, we never, ever had a DCF case. Never even, uh, never even, uh, uh, they never even showed up. They never even asked questions. Never, not even once. So now, now, all, and, and the fact that they put kids with me, like, where is all this coming from? So I'm pissed. I'm not, I'm not being nice with them. I'm yelling at them. Well, not yelling at them, but I mean, I, I, you can probably tell that I'm, I'm a little bit of a loud guy as just from the way I'm talking right now. Cause you know, I've, I've got adrenaline, you know, I, I get worked up, but, um, you know, you know, I've never did it. I'm not like cussing at them. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just loud. I'm being very, very stern with listen, people. I have done nothing. You can't say that I've done nothing. This is violating. You guys are the criminals against me. And, and, and they literally just look at you with blank stares like, huh? Well, that's called know. the therapeutic phase. That's well, the phase they teach you. We'll, 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 we'll deal with it at, at court the next time. Hey, why? So you can come in and lie a little more? Like, come on, dude. Like, this is crazy. Chris, so, I'm convinced. I, I can't prove this, but I am convinced the bar is in on it. I, I'm, oh yeah, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely convinced. And there's, I, I can't prove that. I think we will at some point, but right now, I guarantee you might get a lawyer that wants to help you, and then all of a sudden he gets this phone call or a text message from some from the higher ups, and they're like, "Hey, buddy, uh, you might want to do this, this, and that, and uh, you know, not follow through on this." And next thing you know, well, he steals your money, keeps it, the bar gets you know paid off, and everybody's happy except you. The client yeah. is supposed to be yeah, being defended. That's, that's yeah, pretty much, that's pretty much where it's at. So, um, so I, I, where we're at, we're at, I stopped going to the, to the thing. We're, we're into the criminal trial now, or it's not even a trial. We're on, we're on pretrial. Okay. Oh, we're at, we're at the day that they're, that they're sending to me. Okay. I'm a white supremacist. I'm a QAnon terrorist, blah, blah, blah. They put me on an ankle monitor to actually get released. I have been on this ankle monitor for 18 months. Look at this stupid thing. Unreal. Unreal. 18 months. I gave $7,000 to a lawyer along with a stack of exonerating evidence. So now, um, the, uh, apparently the, um, the, the DCF. To be clear, the ankle monitor is not house arrest. Yeah, no, I'm not on house arrest. Um, my no go zone is the entire state of Massachusetts. They just they just oh. don't want me there. They 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 they're afraid of me is what is what it really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, is, have you ever heard of that in your life that, no, that you never. never. Oh. I didn't I that there's no way that's legal. <laughs> there's Dude, no even, way even that you can stick an ankle. When the when the DA asked for it, the judge was like, "Can we do this?" <laughs> oh my gosh. I I can't even believe that. 18 months you said you've been on it. 18 months and, and they they haven't given so, you any time like timeline when it comes off uh we actually were set for a uh we were set for um for a date uh two weeks ago and they canceled it and i haven't heard anything back since then so um 
So the the trial gets over with. The uh, the 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 family court trial is is apparently over with. I stopped going. I I said, dude, why am I even gonna come here? You guys are a bunch of criminals. You're not listening to me. You don't care about the law. Obviously, you're just gonna steal my kid. So I'm not wasting my time anymore going there. Um, because I'm just ready to I'm ready to do everything in in criminal court now. So, uh, let's see, what was it? Uh, beginning of July, I get a letter in the mail saying that they have terminated my parental rights. So, you know, I know that this is action time. I've I've only got a certain time to go and appeal it. So mm-hmm. I and this is where I made that um my first uh, Twitter video that um that uh, Danielle came across, and that's how she actually found me. Um, I was actually driving back from the uh, from the termination of parental rights. I went in and I um I put in a, an appeal. I made a video because finally I need to like actually start talking about this. I'm like, dude, this has just been too long. Like, I gotta do something. I I don't. I don't, I just don't, I just don't know anymore. This is crazy. I need to get people behind me. Um, so I put in, I put in the appeal. Um, they accept my appeal. Um, I just went for the appeal hearing last week. Now that's when I actually took all of my evidence and I made this like, oh man, it, if, if you see this, it's, it is freaking good. Um, it, it is like, it's, it's lawyer worthy. Like I, I kicked ass on, on, on this filing. Um, so I, I go down there to file it. My lawyer, my paid lawyer comes and meets me. Right. Well, on the cover sheet of it, I had named him as a conspirator. So he's like, he's immediately like, Oh shit. I'm, I'm about to be in hot water now because he's, I've, he's under ethics violations. Like, I mean, how is he supposed to justify the fact that he has exonerating evidence for 18 months and he hasn't done a freaking thing? He's done nothing. He's done nothing but steal my money. So I, so I put his name on there. Dude, he take he takes my uh because you know I'm not I'm not the best at, at the at the at the typing and writing and so he he takes my my uh my summary of the whole thing and he actually rewrites the whole thing beautifully. So now I've got a lawyer written summary with all of my evidence and I go walk into the, um, into the, uh, the termination of rights appeal hearing. It gets even better. <laughs> uh, three, uh, uh, three days before or, or uh, a week before we go into the termination hearing, I get a letter from the DCF lawyer and my child's, uh, court-appointed lawyer, right? Saying that that they want to do a Zoom meeting because I've threatened them multiple times and they're scared of me. <laughs> I'm like, dude, again? <laughs> How many times are you guys, do I have to go in and disprove you guys? Like, what is wrong with you people? So um, I immediately write a counter and that's when I, when I, when I put this whole thing in. And and the, the judge actually accepted it to have to have the in-person meeting. So we go, I went in for this last week. This is good. I I go in there and I start with, Your Honor, do you do you know what US code 28354 is? He says, No, I don't. I said, Well, it's your oath to office. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I proceeded to read his oath oh my to office. To him. Oh my gosh, this, wait, wait, this is too good. This is too good. Oh yeah. His own oath he didn't know? He did not oh know oh the code God. for his own oath to office. <laughs> so I read him his oath to office that he swore to. <laughs> and and then I read off about three or four articles of the cons of the Massachusetts Constitution that he's violating. Um uh Article 12 pertains to that you must present. Um, you must tell somebody what they are being brought to trial for before you can ever bring someone to trial. It is illegal to bring someone to trial when there's no reason. They, they, you, you have to have a reason to bring somebody in front. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. It, he literally just sat there with a blank stare. Okay. So I start reading and I start firing off all my evidence. Showing um, the perjury, the the blatant disregard to my rights. Um, I have uh, actually we'll we'll go into that at a, a different time, but um, I I go through and and basically destroy this judge. Like he he can't even say any. I mean, what's he gonna say to me? I mean, I'm firing off codes, statutes, everything that they've broken, the DCF policies that they violate. Because they cannot bring a case against somebody unless they have a confirmed allegation. There is no confirmed allegation against me. I have like the, the first piece of evidence that I that I presented was their original affidavit that that took the child. That it, it mentions me one time. And in that mention, it says that they believe that it was a complete vindictive call. And that was the one that I told you that we that they showed up. Um, unannounced. Um, so, so they they say it was completely vindictive. So, why am I here? What grounds do you have to terminate my parental rights? I said, I said, Your Honor, you are a child trafficker. I said, You are a criminal. You have no jurisdiction over me, and I don't give a shit what this court does. I don't care what you say because I have you on so many charges that you could be in prison for life. The bailiff comes running up at me. You must respect this. I said, get the fuck out. Sorry, Sir Swain. Get the fuck out of my face. You just listened to all this evidence and you're gonna sit here and try to protect a child trafficker? Are you kidding me? He backs off. Well, you know, he kind of has a point. Working, it's, it's, it's just okay, all right, time. I got it. <laughs> this is yeah, okay. I went, we I went know, off in the courtroom. I swore we, a whole lot at them. I told them that their courtroom <laughs> doesn't mean shit to me, that they have no jurisdiction over me, that they're not legal, that this is a corrupt court, that this isn't even a legal court because we never even voted this court in. Mm -hmm. This vote, this court was just established. That's right. That's exactly oh, it. God. Established is a great word. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Established. Yep. So, okay. So you're, and, and the reason you, most likely could get away with that type of behavior because it's not <laughs> Which, a real court exactly that that's it's not a real court it's a kangaroo court it's a circus oh, it's not real i i called him a dishonorable piece of shit child trafficker while he was sitting on the stand in his little freaking robe and and they kicked my mom out of the courtroom they wouldn't let her in 
but she was standing at the door recording it all. Uh, so we have a recording of me doing all of this. It's really quiet. So if you know anybody that knows how to enhance sound, we could actually get a whole copy of this and you could actually listen to it. <laughs> we, we could probably figure that out. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, they, isn't it interesting? They kick people out. Sylvia, you had that experience. Like you weren't allowed oh, to yeah. court because they, they don't want a witness to see their crimes. So they just right. kick you out under you know some ridiculous claim. Uh, yep. Sylvia, in her in the case she was working on, she was out at, actually in the hallway, you know, outside the uh, courtroom, and the attorney yep. comes out to talk to her. Goes back in, they say, "Oh, she can't come in because now you've communicated with with her out in the hallway." The attorney. What? Since what? when is that illegal for? <laughs> for Dude, for they have lunch together all the time. It's, of course they do. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just, it's absurd. Yeah, that like, and I was an advocate, and and the and I even said to the judge, I am an advocate, and she still said, uh, "You're not allowed in this courtroom." Yeah. So, so coming down to it, I I have these people. Let me let me pop into my phone real quick because I don't remember all the statutes. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, come on. So I have them on deprivation of rights under the color of law, mm -hmm. which it, it holds a sentence of 10 years uh, to death. Um, I have them on conspiracy to violate my rights. Um, the, the definition of conspiracy to violate rights is when two or more people conspire to violate your rights. So now we have we have two. DCF social workers, or no, we have three D DCF social workers. We have two DCF supervisors. We have the foster care representative. We have two judges. I think that's a pretty big conspiracy. Um, yeah. Now, the, the the problem is is how do we how how do we how how do we get this into a court because how you were talking about um, how, how the bar is working for them. Mm -hmm. Well, if you go back into the history of the bar, um, mm -hmm. the first time that the bar was mentioned was actually in the Magna Carta. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the Magna Carta, clear as day, says that the grand jury was created for the people. Now, why is it that we have absolutely no opportunity to speak to a grand jury how come we can't present anything to a grand jury why is the bar hijacking the grand jury from the people that's my question it's a great question no one wants it to is. answer it yeah. nobody wants, nobody no, no. wants. oh because you would be able to hold us in contempt for the mm -hmm. crimes that we're committing against you the whole thing's this big cesspool. It's disgusting what they've done. They've hijacked justice in this nation. And they've done it slowly. It's been over time, gradually. A little bit here, a little bit there. The um, like Child the, Care the, Act of 96. That, that's, yeah. when they, that's, when they, that's when they jumped into yeah. hyperdrive. Yeah, yeah. It definitely accelerated it. You know, Chris, I think it's hilarious that you were calling them out like that. And I, the more I thought about it, it's just it's actually brilliant. I Let me just applaud you <laughs> because I think that's that's just amazing to do that and have the guts to actually do it because not many people would do that. But you're sick. But here's the thing. 
and I know there's probably, there might be some people watching like, well, that's, you know, that's not the kind of behavior we should have in a courtroom. If you understood this kind of courtroom, that behavior needs to happen all the time because then this nonsense would end. There is no justice, folks. It's, it's a scam. It's the biggest scam perpetrated against Americans in maybe the history of this country. They're yep. stealing children from good parents, literally stealing them, and then trafficking them, making money, our taxpayer money. We've talked about it extensively. Title IV, E, Title IV, E, Title IV, D, even with, with the parent. It's just, it's, it's so preposterous that you could, if you wrote a book about this, people would just say, oh, come on, this could never happen. But well, we've well, got, one we of have our, documented. Our non-researchers to follow the money. Yeah, but, well, the Somebody's money's easy. Somebody's going to pick through yeah. and follow that money. It's, well, what was the, didn't we just look at, uh, it was the state of Florida. Was it $70 billion? Is that what it was? I can't remember. Forty or maybe it was forty-eight. I think it was forty-eight billion. Just in uh, that was two thousand nineteen. Forty-eight billion on the backs of children and families. You think that's not funding budgets in every state? <laughs> like it's time to wake up, taxpayer. Your money is going. Our money is going to these thieves and these traffickers. And they're laughing all the way to the bank. They're all in on it. Yep. And if they're not, they just pay them off and say, "Okay, here, shut up." Like, it's sick. It, it's really disgusting what's going on. It's insanity. So here we are. And um, so that, that was literally a week, a week and a half ago. So um, this, uh, this filing actually did get filed in my criminal case. Um, so next, next stop is, uh, is, is, uh, Seeing the uh, the the reply by the um by the judge that's in the criminal court to to all of this, we're, we'll see where he goes. Um, and now, you know, if, uh, if he wants to I'm ignore, sorry, it, I just have a question. Um, was is that on the appeal of the terminated rights? Is that your appeal that I, you just I went did, to? I did it with both because um because we were okay. supposed to, they were literally day they were back to back. I was supposed to be there on Wednesday and Thursday of, of the week before last. Um they canceled Have my you gotten a response back? No, I haven't gotten anything back from them yet. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um so so basically I went in and I filed I filed this same this same package with both courts. Okay. So Next thing, in, next thing we're next thing we're waiting for is my next date on the criminal, um, and they haven't responded from well, I'm with me. Oh, what? so when I was going through all my evidence, they he finally just cut me off, and he was like, "I, I have somewhere that I have to be. You're, you're, we're gonna have to wrap this up. I'm gonna take this as you want a new trial." <laughs> he, oh, I so he like, said that he the goes, judge. Yeah, I go, are you, I go, are you stupid? I said, I just showed you that you are violating your oath to office. You are breaking the law by bringing me to trial and you want to start a new trial? I said, I want my child back right now, right now. And that was when I like really blew up and the, the, the court officers pushed me out and that was the end of it. So. We're, we're waiting for a little response and uh, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I, I think that they, I think he wants and, to. And who is this judge? What's that? 
which uh, uh, who is this judge? This, uh, this is Judge Belting on the This is Judge okay, Belting. And you went before him before? Yep, he was he was the one he was the second judge in the trial. He was actually the um the trial judge for the family court. Okay. Which I don't understand how he could have even seen my appeal because I accused him of crimes. That's that's pretty much a conflict of interest. <laughs> but yeah. I I I really don't I I don't care what their the family court does it, it, it there's there's really nothing we can do they're they're gonna sit there they're gonna give you the blank stare they're gonna do whatever they want so basically i, I need to go after them criminally somehow and i i think where it's gonna be is with um a countersuit against them in the criminal trial um we're gonna go with defamation we're gonna go with I, I I just don't. I I know that the defamation is going to be there because how can they call me a white supremacist, especially in a in a racially right. torn time right now? They go and put it right. on record that I that I, that I go to KKK meetings. What 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 basis do you have on that? Um. Oh 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 oh. And this gets even funnier. So the DA that is uh did did I tell you about the DA? And how oh, I yeah. did a quick, I did a quick little Google search on the um, the district attorney. Well, in 2019, he had to write a public apology, and he was sanctioned in court for saying that an opposing counsel and was going to kill a police officer. And now he's doing it to me. Now, now that write up. I got to pull this one right out. Chris, have you gone to any of the local news there to see if they'll cover your story? Um, well, we're me and Danielle have talked about that. I don't know if we want to get into that on on here because okay. um yeah. I yeah, actually don't. have <laughs> Yeah. So, check this out. This is the prosecutor. Yeah. Look, he looks professional. He wouldn't do that, Chris. He's wearing so a what suit is and tie. Right what is right that name Right in the paper, it, it says that he had to write a public apology for lying about saying that the opposing uh, opposing client was going to kill the the people. Isn't didn't he just do that to me? So now, so now we have repetitive behavior. Do you, do you think this dude is even going to be able to make it through my uh, my filing? Wow. No. What what county again is this? This is Franklin County, Massachusetts. Franklin, okay. And by the way, in case you're just joining us, coming in a little late, Chris is Chris is a little hot under the collar and has every right to be a little boisterous tonight. But yeah. if, you, if you had your child taken from you, and your child is five years old now, taken as a newborn, by the way, and you haven't old. seen haven't seen her, they don't allow any visits. He's not even allowed in the state of Massachusetts anymore. They put an ankle bracelet on him for no reason at all just to keep them out of a state. I and they can't have my guns. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's it's every, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like we've, we've done so many of these stories now. I don't know. We've probably done 60 or 70 of these. And you just think they can't get any more egregious. But like you hear, you just, you hear some of the same elements, but then you hear like another twist. You're like, oh, that's a new one. 
<laughs> you know, like the ankle bracelet's a new one for me. I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like they, they're pulling out all the stops for this one. And, you know, Chris is such a, a dangerous person, this QAnon shaman and, 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 you know, a patriot and loves his country. And he's, he's just a horrible human being. He should never be allowed around his child. Yeah. <laughs> They might, they might be right. They might. You know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's just so stupid. It's just ridiculous at this point. I mean, well, I mean, hopefully the, there's the Second Amendment does give me the right to defend myself does. against tyrannical government, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. I mean, and and again, 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 we gotta be. I don't want to like. We're not preaching violence. Civil disobedience is in the Constitution. We are. We can do that. And if a tyrannical government ever does come knocking at our doors, we know what we have to do as as the uh, patriots in this country. We don't want it to come to that. We're trying to do this peacefully. We're trying to do it with uh, you know some kind of resolution, legally. But folks, we're up against it right now. Like we're we're literally teetering on the edge of going over, and and it's gone forever. Your country's gone. You will never have justice yep yeah it's sick like when, when's enough enough i don't know i don't know i've asked i've asked that question a million times and i and i you look back at our history and people had enough at some point <laughs> it's happened a few times so you gotta you just gotta yep, i don't know well, I, I personally where i think we we continue the path we're doing we expose it i think exposure is the number one key right now we have to get this in the public's eye the public has no clue this is going on. Joe Q, Joe Q Public has, I used Q on purpose, by the way. Joe Q Public <laughs> it's not, has no clue this is going on. They're sitting at home in their rocker chair, rocking chair, and they go to work, go to the soccer game, come home. If I, I'm, the, I'm that guy. Two years ago, I had no clue what was going on. When your eyes are open, you can't close them. You have to do something. Like you have to be active. You have to, whatever you can do, whatever God's given you, whatever skills and talents, use them. Because it's all about trafficking and making a ton of money on the backs of American families. And it's, it, this is worldwide. Let's not kid ourselves. But we're focusing mostly on America right now. It's got to stop. And I think, I think the answer is exposure. We have, to, we have to get it in the public eye. Yep. And, uh, and I, have, uh, I have talked to Danielle. And we, we should definitely talk because uh, I, do, I do have plans. Um, and and it's it's all about the exposure, um, right in their face, and that because that's the only thing that we can do. Mm -hmm. Um, I I I think we're gonna go James O'Keefe style. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, Chris, the the exposure thing, I can prove it because look, they're kicking people out of court. Your mom wasn't even allowed in court because it would nope. expose them. There's no oversight because it would expose them. See, exposure is what terrifies them. Oh, and, and what, what and you. We, uh, sorry to cut you off. We served. Um, we served the judge and the DCF supervisor and the social worker with an affidavit from my mother too. Or so grandparents. Got to, got to keep them on their heels. That's what you got to do. Yep. I'm telling you, that's Chris, that's the answer. Do you know where your daughter is right now? Do you have any idea? Last last thing that I knew, she was in Springfield, Mass. And you don't know with who or anything. She's with a, na a lady named Hope Bryant. Hope and Larry. And they were very old. Like when, like when, like when Addie is 15, they're going to be dead. They're, 
they're they're gonna be gone. They're they're going to be old. Like, and and then you know what happens to your daughter when they die? Because this this is what I noticed in the system. They do this. A lot of the foster parents are really old, like 60s, 70s, 80s, and then when your child's parents die, uh, they're gonna put her back in foster care because the majority of kids in foster care are adopted kids. That's what happens. Yeah. It's a cycle. Well, we're not going to let that happen because we're going to no, win. No, we're not. Yeah, we're, we we're going to win. Because these boys um, these, these can't continue to do this. It, it's it's disgusting. And, like, they're outright violating the law. They, they've brought it into a criminal case. I, I think this is where they really, really messed up by bringing it criminal because now we're in the court of record. Now I can actually... Um, you know, when, when, when we go through the criminal case, I, I can keep bringing it up farther up. I can go to appeals courts. I can, I can bring it up the right. ladder. You know, we, we, we bring it all the way up to the Supreme Court, and, and the Supreme Court is the ones that will actually care about the Constitution. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so I mean, a couple, couple if, things you in the chat. if you look at everything, they – the, the Constitution has been winning. The Constitution is the only reason it has. that it has, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the Supreme Court. I mean, yeah, we we've got the numbers there, and it does seem like it's going our way the last year and a half, two years. Um, a couple things in the chat. So our good friend Raven two thousand said, "I can make calls if he wants. Let the judge know he's been exposed." Yes, that helps. Phone calls, believe it or not, yes, phone calls to Mm -hmm. <laughs> that actually we need to organize we need to do like a grassroots thing of just yes. organizing people to make extensive phone calls to all the cases we've had on here just start calling the, the courthouse get their phone ringing off the hook so they have to literally disconnect it and say hey we we know what you're doing i mean these people yep. are i I'm, I'm telling you right now there's no doubt in my mind a lot of them are very arrogant have a lot of hubris right all this stuff but there's a there's a good number of them that are getting a little nervous because they thought it was never going to be brought to light. They thought all this stuff was just covered up. They're going to make their money and everybody just goes to sleep at night and goes on their nice vacation, get their new, you know, Mercedes Benz or Beamer, go out, you know, to their favorite Island with their family and enjoy their kids <laughs> while Epstein. they're destroying everybody else's. Yeah. Epstein. <laughs> Epstein. <laughs> they're destroying everybody else's family, right? Yeah. It's just sick. Okay. And then another, uh, another question, our good friend, Linda Joe, Linda, I, I don't know how, it's it's our friend, but I don't know how she says it in the chat. She's on Rumble, and she said, uh, doesn't the judge judge's retirement come out of that uh, same money? Yes, it does. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and not only the judge, there's other people that are on that payroll, too, for retirement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, they've and got should, all those specialists, the, all this, those, everybody getting a piece of the pot. This should bother us. This should bother every taxpayer right now. Like, it's... It's sick. I mean, what they did to the J6ers is disgusting. You know, we had a, I had a J6er on here, a couple of them. Same, you know, it's, it's a similar type kangaroo court where they're just railroading people and trying to make people scared so they don't stand up to their government. Um, but we're not scared. I'm, I'm, like, we're not, I'm No. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Chris, is, Chris, you've got all the check marks, man. <laughs> like, you're just, you're, I, I, I might have been in Proud Boy gear. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe Allegedly. oh man well we wish you the best man i mean i i know i'm sure we'll all be in touch but um wish yeah, you I, the best I would for sure like, i'd like to, to stick around afterwards and uh and yeah, yeah for sure 
Yeah, we'll yeah. zoom after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Any uh, any final words, Chris? Anything you want to say? <laughs> oh, it's just pray. Let's, you know the, the the fight's still going. Um, and it's just the exposure, exposure, exposure. Every we we gotta keep talking about this. We, you know that that was my biggest mistake was that that this was so embarrassing for for the first you know two three years that I I didn't tell any none of my friends no none of nobody knew like I kept this like I'm on an ankle bracelet it's embarrassing like I, I haven't worn shorts outside of my house in freaking 18 months like it's uh uh just right well that isn't that that's the other tactic to shame you yep. right I mean that keeps oh, you in fear shame that's all part of the game yeah. Yep. They make you feel like you don't have anybody. You have no support. You, they make you feel like you, you can't speak out to anyone or they're going to think bad of you. And then they segregate all of us that have been through the same thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, even if, even if like you go through my, um, my, my first video that I put out, you go through the comments, you've got those people that, Oh yeah. Yeah. There's definitely something you, you did something. No, don't, don't, don't you hear. I had nothing to do with it like i met my daughter in the dcf office how did i harm her right how? they like there is they they can't say anything the the only way you can take a child from somebody legally is if they harm that child mm -hmm. and it doesn't even matter say say i harmed my older daughter they can't take my younger daughter for me harming my older daughter it's a, it's a different thing. It's a totally different situation by their, by their books, by what their regulations say, they can't do that, but they do it anyway. Yep. Raven wants to know what she should say. She's ready to call. I, I've got a couple <laughs> choice, a couple of things. I, um, like to say. <laughs> I, I would, yep. I would say stay tuned. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've got, I, I've talked to Danielle about this. I've I've got ideas. Um, this this isn't. I mean, obviously, you, you, I'm not sitting down. Uh, I'm not just taking this. I ain't bending no knee. I, I'll um, tell you. I honestly though, I think something simple is if you call, you just say, "Why are you taking children innocent? Why are you taking children from innocent parents? Um, These parents just let them know that you understand what's going on. You know, you're taking kids. You're making a lot of money doing it." And these parents, almost all of them have no criminal charges against them. No felonies, no misdemeanors, nothing. To, and if they do, it has nothing to do with having a child removed. We've had two, yep. I think two or three people on that had a, you know, something, some minor ridiculous misdemeanor. And they use that as some trumped up charge against the parent to take their child. It's, it's ridiculous. I think if you just let them know you understand what's going on, that helps. And if we can get multiple phone calls to these courthouses over and over again, that will see that's what it has to be bulk when when well, like like when yeah, they have yeah. me in the courtroom by myself they can do whatever they want because there is nobody else there but if we come together if you have yeah. a hundred people streaming them it, it's it's all about unity that the only yeah. thing that's yeah. going to do this is is for mm -hmm. us all to come together and work together yes and it has to be peacefully Yep. Uh, we don't we don't need to be yelling and screaming, acting like maniacs. It's just talk like you talk to your friend, and no, but be a, you, be a little stern. Be a little stern. Yep. Yep. 
That's all they need. They and just we know need it. to hear voices. Unified yep, we voices. know it. This is, you know, during the pandemic, they they tried to separate us, right? That was the big thing. Separate you, put a mask on you, shut you up. I mean, it was kind of like the dry run of getting us to not exercise our First Amendment rights, right? So you just shut them up, um, kick them out of their churches, don't let them gather in these in these places together because they were terrified we were going to organize and unite. That's why we're called, <laughs> we were called the United States. I'd still like to call us the United States. I think we are. I think the majority of people in this country stand up or want to stand up for the exact same things we're talking about tonight. <clears throat> Who doesn't want to stand up for the family? I mean, how many, right. I mean, you got to be crazy if you don't want to protect your family. I mean, that's, that should be like at the top of everybody's list. And I mean, look at, look at what they're doing right now. Right now, you you have to either follow uh, uh, the Hamas or, or Israel. And, and they're trying to make it two-sided. It's just divide, 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 divide. And what's that old, what's that old saying? Divide and conquer. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, Chris, can I, is there anybody, is there anywhere people can find you on social media? Are you on Twitter or Facebook? Yeah, I'm on the old Twitter. Uh, yeah. and Are you out of jail yet? Are you out of Twitter jail yet? I am not out of Twitter jail yet. I got two more days. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Oh, one more thing before we go. Raven wants to know, she's like, all right, she's going to do it. She'll call tomorrow. Should I give your name? Should she give Chris's name? <clears throat> I don't know if it's not yet. I think that day will come. I think right now, if you just call and say, we're very concerned with what's going on in your court there. There's parents that have mm-hmm. had their children yeah. right away. I think ju- that just puts the bug in their ear. But yeah. I think there will come a time when we will get more specific. Yep. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Yep. Yeah, we don't want to hinder yeah. Chris's case or anything like that. But right. we do. Well, there will there yeah. will come a day. Yeah. Chris, what is your Twitter account? N- L-I-M-I-T-D-U. Okay, I'm going to add that to the description of the video, but I won't remember that. <laughs> so text it to one of the girls, and, and then they'll forward it to me, and I'll add the, to the description. Yeah, they, so they both, they've both got me on there. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All right, guys, well, good show. Ladies, any last words? Um, I just have one thing I'd like to share, and it goes back to the way that I noticed working in the foster system, how it's flip-flopped. They treat the foster parent like the biological family and the biological family like the foster family. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is that um, like the emotions, like it's like they expect to separate the family and for you to have no emotions about it. Um, one example is when I had a kid, the first, and he was probably 12 or 13 and he hadn't seen his father because uh, he wasn't allowed to. On his first visit, he just broke down crying because he was so happy to see him. Well, they used that against him, and they said that he was too emotional to see his father and that he should not be seeing his father because it it uh, it caused him harm. And actually, it was the therapist and I that stepped in and wrote a letter on his behalf to see his father because you should have that, and you should have that emotion, and you shouldn't be able to you shouldn't have to hide your emotions um because they literally use that against you they use it against you in court and i don't know any father that would be happy to give his child to another person a, a stranger and be okay with it and not be uh not be reacting like he's reacting 
So like we have to remember that they they basically want you to be motionless and that's how they teach the the caseworkers. Like he's saying they stare at you like in a non like it's called the therapeutic face. Like that's what they teach you. They teach you how to not have a reaction, not to show a reaction, and you just sit there. And and that's how they teach you. Um, so like it, it's all wrong, it's not right, and it's very harmful to what they're doing. Yep. That's yeah, and I wanted to say, Chris, um, obviously you know now you're not alone. Um, there are people that have gone through it. I'm still going through it. You have us, um, you have Gino, Sylvia, all of us. And there's no need to be embarrassed about speaking out. Like we all have to team together and unite and you are not alone. I just wanted to make that obviously clear. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, Sylvia, where can people find you if they have questions, concerns, comments, if, they, if they're going through this horrendous situation themselves, how can they find your organization? Um, they can email us at um, help at rescuethefosters.org our website, rescuethefosters.org. We're on Twitter. Danielle and I are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, what are the other ones? We're on Telegram. Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, Telegram. I hardly all, get on Telegram. All the usual, yeah. all the usual suspects. Yep. Yeah. You can find them. Just if you just Google, actually, you can just Google it and you'll find them. Um, yeah, and yeah. if you guys, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me. You can DM me on uh, Foxhole here. Um, I need to, I'm, gosh, I really need to establish a new email just for, <laughs> for people to contact me. I, I'm going to work on that this week. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get that too. But yeah, reach out to them. If you're going through this, you're not, just like Danielle said, you are not alone. There's people that can help. Um, there's people that are trying to solve the solution. We're just a small part of it. There's lots of groups that, that help people get through the, the trauma of all this. Um, there are still good people out there, people that actually love each other and want to help each other so um we're going to do our best and our little small click but we know there's others doing the good fight too so anyway yeah. thank you for joining us over there on rumble appreciate you guys appreciate you here on the foxhole of course thank you all the uh the panel here sylvia danielle chris thank you thanks for sharing your story brother thank you so Let's, much for having me on we're praying that you get this resolved as quickly as possible all right, everybody, uh, have a good night. I will be live tomorrow night. We have Tremiko coming back on, Deliverance Minister. Um, Danielle knows Miko very well. Yes. We have her coming back <laughs> on for her. Gosh, I think it's her seventh appearance, her record-breaking seventh appearance on Insight Live tomorrow night. Nice. That's going to be at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then back again with another edition of Rescue the Fosters this Thursday. Uh, Sylvia, are we at 7.30 or 8 on Thursday? 7.30. Uh, 7.30. Oh, and, and yeah, 7.30. Do we know? Do we know we'll keep it is? at 730. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Christopher. Um, he's actually, this is really cool. Uh, we met him at the Reawakened Tour, and he is coming on to talk about a red pill that he has created to reverse the vaccine. Wow. Ooh, okay, cool. Nice. Well, that's that's a little out of our uh, comfort zone here on the Rescue the Foster show, but I like it. Yeah, yeah we yeah, do that it would all. Be, that'd be something we would do on the Blender or maybe even on a Wednesday show, but that's cool. Okay, awesome. Looking forward to that. We will see you guys hopefully tomorrow night and Thursday. Have a great night. God bless and take care. If you guys can just mute, I'm going to go ahead and play the uh, outro. Okay.